The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Sometimes you just need a little spiritual guidance to help get your life back together. It can be compared to mosaic art. Many little pieces that come together to form something beautiful. Welcome to the Mosaic Garden. Your host is Mosaic Shaman, Christy Ellen. Christy and her guests are here to ensure that your life is just as you deserve it to be. Happy. Now, here's your host, Christy Ellen. Welcome to the Mosaic Gardens. This is Christy Ellen, the Mosaic Shaman. Today, we're going to be talking about visualization and the power of your mind. How would you live your life if you had no limitations, nothing to stop you to move forward? That's what we're going to be talking about today. And I'm pretty excited because I just returned from my amazing time training with Jack Canfield in Santa Barbara at the Mastermind. It was at his home, beautiful place there. The weather was sunny and warm. I came back to a little snow. It's 15 degrees today, so I'm kind of missing the warm, but it was just a beautiful time. And I got the opportunity while I was there to walk through a couple of my fears. So we're going to talk about that today as well, because that goes along with the visualization and the power of the mind, walking through fears, visualizing yourself doing something you didn't think you could do really helps with dealing with fear. So um, they had this thing called the hot seat, and they would ask you to sit on the hot seat. And and while you're there, it was a really nice place, but they called it the hot seat. And, And you were sitting there between Jack Canfield, Steve Harrison, who is the publisher of Bradley Publishing that got Jack's book out there and, and in the, and to the, so the American public could see it. And then his assistant, Patty Audrey, sat on the other side. And then you would sit up there in front of the group. There's like 14 people. And then you would tell them your story and they would critique it and help you get your story for your book focused to where you wanted it to be. So... Um, Everyone got up and they did their story and it was an eight-hour day and mine was the very last one of the day and it was just before dinner and I was getting a migraine headache and um, at night is when my demons, I call it, come out. All those doubts and fears of what I can do and can't do and my mind was taking off and it was trying to tell me that I wasn't as good as everyone else in the group and who do I think I am? Who who do you think you are being here? Like, who do you think... You are, Christy, and and you're going to sit up in front of these people and just make a total fool out of yourself. And I I just was trying to keep that under control, and I just wanted to get up and run out. I don't know if you've ever been in that position where you're sitting there and you're nervous and you're thinking, you know, it would be better if I just didn't have to do this. And um, so we, we took a break, and I went outside, and I put my feet on the grass is one of the things I do with my clients. And I put my feet on the grass, and I connected to the earth because I'm an earth keeper, right? I'm a shaman. And I took the breath and I, br- I was breathing into my belly and I was grounding myself into the earth with my roots going deep into the ground. Let's kind of do that for a minute when we're talking about it. Like, put your feet on the ground. Take a deep breath. Bring it all the way into your belly. And then imagine those roots going very deep into the ground. What I do is I like to make a sound. I go... 
uh, and as I say that, uh, I drop into the earth and let my roots go very, very deep into the earth. And they go into the center of the earth and they connect with the core of the earth. And then I bring up energy from the earth and I bring it into my heart and then I bring it all the way up into the crown and I bring it through my seven chakras. And then I can imagine that I've got the branches of this big tree and it's swaying as the wind blows because it's flexible, solid yet flexible. And as it's taking in that nourishment from the sun and it brings it all the way down the crown into my heart and then I would center it all the way down, out my first chakra into the earth. And as I'm talking to you now in that calm voice, I became calm. And I also talked to my higher self and said, help me know what to do to take away this nervousness so I can, I can do what's the next step. I came here to do this next step so that I could get in front of this group and talk and, talk and um, have these great teachers. I went out and I got the greatest teachers I could find to help me do what I wanted to do to write my book. So I came back in. I sat on the hot seat. I had that conversation we went over everything. They gave me some great pointers about what I could do next and um, where I could go with my book. And it was just an amazing, amazing time. One of the things I also did when I stand outside is I remembered that I had to do this a week earlier. I had to take that grounding exercise and use it again at, at that time. Because I had done the exercise a week earlier when I was at the universal meeting and I had to go talk to five media people um, and I didn't even, I hadn't done the training to have my media production put together yet. They're going to help me come up with a, a thing in April. I'm going to go and talk to the summit and the media summit and have 350 people. And um, I, I thought, well, I don't have my book yet. I don't have my presentation Maybe I just could just not do this. Everyone broke and they went to the five lines and lined up to talk to these people. And I thought, you know what, Christy, you have paid your money. You've come here and you paid your dues to be here. And I had that little voice inside and I did this little ground exercise I just did. And I told myself, I don't care if you stand in front of them and stare at them and say nothing. Get in the four shortest lines and go and talk to them. And I did, and I talked to the person from Fox News and CNN News, and, and I gave him my presentation, and, and they said, well, where's your book? And I said, I haven't got it out yet, and it will be out at, after the first of the year. In fact, I, found, I plan not to be out in April now. And they gave me a card, and they said, well, come back and talk to us when you're done. And when I got through with these four, I was just jumping around doing the party yahoo dance because I had conquered a fear. So when I was standing on the grass before I went back in to talk to Jack and, and the group, I remember that. Remember, we're talking about making experiences. So I had an experience I could relate to that I had succeeded at. And I brought that in. And I went, you know what? This isn't any scarier than that. So I went. I sat out there. And I had my conversation. Now, I want to tell you where that led me. Because from that conversation, I was pulled aside at the end and asked if I could do my videotaping the next day. And I'd be the last person to do the videotaping, the one-on-one interview with Jack. And I said, okay, I'm staying for three days. I'd be glad to do that. So I came back. They picked me up in the limo. It was amazing. They took me up there. I sat. I had my interview with Jack, and we had the conversation. And he, it's going to be all over. The, I'll have it out there. It'll be viral here very soon, and you'll be able to see my interview with Jack where he interviewed me. Um, his assistant took me aside, and she talked to me, and she said, Christy, I was wondering if we could talk more about what it is you're doing and if maybe you could come to my house and do a session on me. 
Um, you're going to be here for the next two days. Would you be willing to do that? So I know more about what it is you're doing. And I'd like to get a better feel for that. And so I can direct you the best way to get your book published and all that. And so I said, sure, I'll, I'll come and meet with you. And so I went to her house um, on Friday and I met with her. And she said I had 30 minutes and I went in and we sat down. And we talked about my work, and then she said, show me what you do. And I actually just did a reading on her, an intuitive reading, and she was so impressed. She said, oh, my gosh. She canceled her next meeting. She sat with me, and she said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to promote you. I'm going to promote you now. I want to make sure you get out there, and your book is going to be a fabulous bestseller. We talked about the book I've been writing for about 20 years called The Woman's Journey Through Fear. And she said, that's the book you're going to do. And so she said to me, Christy, I saw you sit on that seat and you were so authentic and I saw you walk through your fear three different times and I knew that you were authentic and you could do that. So now, because of that, I want to personally mentor you. And I said, well, how much would it cost me for you to do so? And she said, you really couldn't afford me. So I'm going to do this for free because I'm actually going to make sure and sponsor you this year that you get all this done and your book out there. So now I have the person who is the mastermind behind the mastermind. So I want you to hear that because you go to the person who is doing what you want to do and you go to the person that trains that person to do what you want to do. And now she is going to be personally training me to put my book out there, to be a public speaker and all of that. So you can find out more about this at um, going to what we're going to shorten this because soulhitterspath.com is getting a little complicated. So I'm going to tell you to go to christyellen.com. That's K R. I-S-T-I-E-L-L-E-N, Christy Allen. Christy Allen.com will take you to the Soul Healers Path, the same website you've been going to. And I want you to go in there and see. Sign up for one of my packages. Sign up for one of my shaman journeys. Let's do a healing journey together, and you can see why Jack Canfield's assistant, his assistant, Patty Audrey, is now going to sponsor me. As an international bestseller, not only be an international radio show host, international bestseller, and she's going to get me on international television. So you're going to see me all over the place now. And why? Because I stepped through my fears. And I can help you do that, too. I can help you go through all of this to become the incredible person that you want to be. Because it is so powerful what the mind can do when you put your mind to succeeding and doing something amazing. Now, I went... I went through these several things that I would have maybe ran away a couple of years ago from. And I walked through them to get to this place now where I can now become what I've always dreamed of being. I visualized this. I saw myself. When I watched The Secret over 15 years ago, I saw myself one day meeting Jack Canfield. I had no idea how that was going to happen, but I wanted to. I said, man, that's a man I want to meet. And I've been able to meet Michael Bernard Beckworth and Jack Canfield and Bob Proctor and Dee Martini. I actually took a workshop with Dee Martini as well, another amazing man. These are all people in the secret, amazing teachers. And it's all because I had a desire and I decided to visualize myself doing that. I have them on my vision board to go and do this. And now I have done this. And I had the idea when I was telling you on the radio before, I'm going to go, I'm going to go train with Jack Canfield. And he's going to help promote my book. Now, he hadn't told me he was going to do that. But now his assistant is going to help promote my book. And Jack Canfield's Productions will be promoting my book and helping me get this all out there. I'm so very, very excited about that. It's amazing. And like I said, that's what I'm here for. 
I'm here to help you do that too. And so when you go to Christy Ellen, Christy Ellen, dot com and sign up for one of my packages, I'm going to take you on this path. I'm going to show you how to get here and how to come inside and figure out how to have the life that you've been dreaming about. So this is, um, today we're talking, like I said, about the power of the mind and visualization. We've done those visualizations before where you got to look and trace your mind and see where it's going because the mind has 50,000 to 70,000 thoughts a day. And if you're not watching where those thoughts are going and keeping track of them and seeing what direction they're taking to, most of those thoughts are coming from autopilot. And you're automatically, automatically thinking these thoughts. So we want to see where your power of your thoughts are going. Follow your thoughts. Create visualizations about what you want to achieve in those thoughts. That's part of the awareness that we've been talking about. And then the education is to go out and hire someone like me. Go get your a life coach. Hire me. I'm your life coach to help you move through your path at, at christyallen.com. Go to christyallen.com. We'll walk the path together. Then you go out and you have to make action steps. And that helps when you have someone walking beside you to help you. You take those action steps walking through your fear. You know, just like I said, you had to go. I had to do this. I'm, I'm getting up there. I'm going to talk about this. And then you can... Go and get support, people around you to support you. I have some of the most amazing people now in my life supporting me. And that's something I'm going to talk briefly about, but we'll talk about it a little bit in other episodes, is who do you spend your time with? Because the people you're spending your time with and the majority of your time with, you need to look at that because three-fourths of who you are is made up from from the people you're spending time with. So we'll talk more about that this year and in our further um, exploring together about how to live an inspiring life. So believe in your possibilities. Create a beautiful art with life shattered pieces. That's what I help you do. I help you believe in your possibilities and create a beautiful art with life shattered pieces. In 2017 with Christy Allen, the Mosaic Shaman at ChristyAllen.com. Today we're going to be talking um, with a very special person, somebody that I met at the Quantum Leap. She's also part of this program. She has been making some amazing changes in her life and the life of people around her. Um, she's a, a, an amazing woman who has, has many facets, and one of them is the ability to help with caretaking. Um, so have, if, if you have had the opportunity to help a loved one who is ill as a caretaker, would it have been easier for you if you had had someone who knew how to show you how to do that, how to make it easier for you. Somebody who had gone through and done that. Um, Morning Star Holmes has done just that, and she wrote a book that's called Transitional Wisdom. It's a guide to healthy aging and complete in life, completing life with dignity. A guide to healthy aging and completing life with dignity. It's called Transitional Wisdom. She has an action journal that goes along with that, and she's going to talk about that today. And we're going to talk more about how we have that vision and how we create what we want in our lives by changing the way we look at the way that our future is going to unfold and by having those conversations with yourself about what you want in your life and what you want to accomplish and what that will look like. 
So we're going to go ahead and take a break now, and then we're going to come back with uh, Morningstar Homes. I want to tell you just for a minute before we do that break, I want to tell you a little bit about her. Morningstar Homes is a family consultant, transitional life coach, committed to helping families traverse the challenges as loved ones face a life-threatening illness or age-related planning. Early in her career, she worked with at-risk youth and their families, giving her a wealth of experience in family dynamics and a deep respect for the value of prevention and early intervention when families are faced with a crisis or challenge. Morningstar uses her background in team and leadership development in business, developing leadership and family care teams. Her work in this field has transformed many individuals and their loved ones at the end of life, leaving a lasting legacy for generations to come. I'm very excited to have her come on. Her Native American heritage gave Morningstar a deep respect for diversity and and it's reflected in her work. She's traveled extensively and worked with consultants from many different countries and cultures, honoring her contributions and learning the value of many perspectives. I'm very excited to have her here. So we're going to take our break now. And when we come back, we'll be talking to Morningstar Homes. Thank you. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. It's time to live an inspired life. Join Christy Allen, the Mosaic Shaman, as she enhances the quality of your life. Healing with art is Christy's focus. At SoulHealerPath.com, if you follow the steps and use the skill that Christy Allen teaches in Soul Healer's Path Life Coaching, doing your part and taking 100% of the responsibility for your life, changing your life story, then in one year's time, you could be living the inspired life of your dreams. Soul Healer's Path Life Coaching offers four life coaching packages, starting with the Serpent Path, which is all about awareness and letting go of what you do not want to have and embracing what you do. Go to Soul Healer's Path and sign up for a one-month session of Clearing the Light Body. So come and walk the medicine wheel with Christy Ellen. Visit soulhealerpath.com or call 435-260-9598 for a special newcomer's one-month coaching package for just $300. Christy Ellen is an intuitive healer and master creator. Let her guide you to living the life to which you were born to live and go from ordinary to extraordinary. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Find out about new shows, featured guests, and what's up this week. Find us on Facebook by searching keyword Voice America. This is Welcome to the Mosaic Garden with Christy Ellen. To connect with the show today, please call 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. Or you may send an email to healingart.kp at gmail.com. Now, back to Welcome to the Mosaic Garden. Welcome back to Mosaic Gardens. This is Christy Allen, the Mosaic Shaman. And today I'm very honored to have a friend and a guest of mine here, Morningstar Holmes. Welcome, Morningstar. Hi, I'm so happy to be here. It is a really fun time here in the garden, so we're going to be talking today about, we're talking a little bit about visualization, but we're also talking about transformation and living an inspiring life. And 
you are a transformational coach. Is that correct? Uh, I'm a transitional life coach. Oh, transitional life coach. Okay. Yes. So, so tell me what and that I means. Obviously, <laughs> I need to, to have a little brush up on that. So tell me what it means to be a transitional life coach. Well, a transitional life coach is somebody who works with individuals or families um, who are going through transitions. And the ones that I focus on have to do with people who are uh, aging. They may be looking toward um, repurposing their lives. Some people are, you know, in their 50s or 60s, and they're thinking about retiring from the job that they've had forever. But there's something more they want to do. So I've experienced a lot of people who want to change careers at that time and do what they've always dreamed of doing. So that's that's one form of it. Another form of it is that I work with family caregivers who are caring for an ill or aging family member. Oh, okay. They sound like two very interesting things to be working with, but and a little bit different, but yet there's got to be a common thread that brings them together. Is that correct? Well, the common thread has to do with people reevaluating their lives uh, and completing one part of it and then transitioning into another. So that may be looking toward retirement, um, trying to figure out what they want to do next. It may be that they are, you know, aging or ill and they are transitioning toward a different type of life than they've lived before. My goal is to make sure that I can teach families how to be able to support their loved ones if they're a caregiver so that they can have the very best quality of life they they can have. Well, when we work with the medicine wheel and the shaman practice, we have uh, the direction of Jaguar, which is about letting the old die so the new can be born again. And that doesn't necessarily mean that you physically die in your body, though sometimes that is what happens. But it also just means letting go of what doesn't work and having this um, renewal of something new. So that would be a transitional form of movement. Um are you familiar with the medicine wheel at all? I know that's not a question I asked you before, but I was just wondering. That came to mind here. Yes, I am. Okay, wonderful. Because you said you had some Native American background, and, and so that moving along the medicine wheel, we kind of talk about that here on the show. We work uh, with the shaman end of the medicine wheel. So um, when we're talking about that releasing a jaguar and letting go, what would be the important questions that a person could ask themselves about their lives? Well, I, the first thing that I always ask people is to take a moment, go deep inside, and look at the areas of their lives that they've really made a difference for themselves, for their families, and for their communities. In other words, what have they done in their lives that really made it matter? And I'll give you an example of that. My mother, I was adopted when I was six years old. And so my adoptive mother was uh, a pretty remarkable woman. She joined the Navy back in World War II and uh, taught men how to fly airplanes, which was pretty amazing for a woman who was only <laughs> four foot ten. That is but amazing. But she, it was just she was an amazing woman. Then uh, she went to Columbia University on the GI Bill, 
as did my adoptive father, which is where they met. My mother then, um, my parents moved to the West Coast from New York, and my dad began his teaching career, and my mom did not pursue a career. Instead, they adopted me and my brother and my sister. So when she was, you know, quite elderly, one of the things that she always felt bad about was that she didn't pursue a career using her education. And she she always was, would talk about how she really didn't do that much. So I took a lot of time with her, and it took repetitiveness because she had dementia at the time. And I just said, well, remember, Mom, when... Um, one of our neighbors when I was a child uh, was a prima ballerina who was probably in her 80s at the time, so she had a lot of arthritis. My mother just had this wonderful knack. She would hire this woman to come and babysit for us, even though I'd be out babysitting for somebody that night. So we obviously <laughs> were old enough to not babysit, need babysitter, but it was my mom's way of helping this woman keep her dignity and make a little bit of extra money because at that point in her life, she didn't have big income. Another thing uh-huh. my mother would do is she would make too much food and take some over and say, gee, I'm so sorry. We, I hope that you can eat this food. I made too much tonight, and I hate to throw it away. Would you, would you be able to take it? So it was another way of helping this woman to maintain her dignity. My mom was gifted in that way. So as the years went on, we had other neighbors that, you know, became ill from from different diseases. My mother would always be the first one there, would always help them out, take them to the doctor, prepare meals for them. And, And so I reminded her of doing this. And she said, you know, that wasn't any big deal. Well, Mom, it was a really big deal to these people. You made such a difference for them when they were feeling most vulnerable. And after repeating this story over and over again with her, finally she started saying, oh, did I do that? I confirmed, yes, you did, Mom. You really made a difference. And and finally she came to a place where when I would tell this story, she would say, I did do that, didn't I? I did make uh, a difference. That's wonderful. So things, did these, these yeah, experiences those, with your mom help you become uh, a trans additional coach or a caretaker, do you see, a care, caregiver, not taker, but a caregiver? It's a big difference there, yeah, but a it caregiver? Really did. Yes, it really did. My mother was my greatest teacher, and so many people, you know, will have a relative get dementia or Alzheimer's, and dementia nearly means memory loss, but you can get it from mini strokes, you can get it from Alzheimer's, there are several different things that cause it, but regardless... People cannot remember what happened five minutes ago. And yet, even during the last couple of years of her life, I found that just by entering into her experience with her, she taught me so much, and she really had a lot of value to still give. Yeah, that's an important thing to remember, that there's there's so much value that we give in life, and and. Everything that we do affects everyone else. We don't even have an idea. Like you're talking about your mom. She did these things because that's just natural what she did. But she had no idea how that was affecting other people's lives. And the kind things that we do in life, they're going to affect everyone around us. 
They do. They're very important to, to remember that. You said something back here when we were talking about the important questions of the person can ask themselves about their lives. Go deep inside. What does that mean to go deep inside? Well, what I do is I do a lot of visualization with people, and I will get them in a very relaxed state so they can go back and retrieve memories of things that happened that might have really, you know, been a life-altering experience for them, and they didn't even realize it. You never know if you met that teacher who really influenced you just by the way that teacher was with you. And you grow up then and become a teacher because of the way that person was with you. So I help people to remember even those little things that make a difference. That's... um... That's an incredible gift to be able to do that. To you have that gift as well. I just want you to make sure you you understand that you have that gift that you were talking about when your mother was able to reach out. I see you reaching out all the time at the workshop. You reached out and helped people many times. Um, so you you did write something in here about how does um, about singing. So tell me, how does singing help when in healing when you're helping someone go through this process? How does singing help? Yeah. Um, I I personally don't use singing. I oh, mean, okay. if somebody, you know, is a singer, then, of course, I would encourage them to do it. But the one thing that I did have in one of my workshops, I had a woman who had gotten a degree in playing the harp at the bedside of people who were passing. And yeah. so she brought her harp in, and we were all able to experience it. And the vibration of the harp just went right into my body. I could feel the vibration. And there's a very healing uh, experience when you are around that type of vibration. It could be drumming. It could be the harp. There are a lot of, it could be flute. Those type of things are really primary as far as going in and shifting the vibration inside your body. Yeah, music has that sort of power. I I remember um, sitting with my grandmother. I got the honor to be with her the last days of her life in the hospital. And a woman came in with a guitar, and she said it was really late at night, and we were both I was very exhausted. And um, my grandmother was making that transition, and she said, what, could I, could I sing a song? And she sang my grandma's favorite song. Now, my grandma was in a comatose sort of state. I mean, she would squeeze her hand, and but she she wouldn't make any, she couldn't talk or make visual eye contact, but she would move her arms. And when this woman started to sing, I saw this calmness come over her, and she relaxed her fist for the first time. And it, it touched my heart in such a deep way. The woman helped me a lot with the songs, singing the songs that my grandmother loved, Irish tunes and Amazing Grace. Um, so music is a very important part. I don't know. I apologize. I don't know where I got the singing from, but I thought I read something in there about your grandmother, your mother singing a song or something. But there was a there was a singing that went on to help. Um, maybe it was your brother brother in law. You have some amazing stories in that in your book, the Transitional um, Wisdom book, about healing and moving in in a in a loving way with family. So tell me some of the challenges that come up with with your with caregiving. Some of the challenges that, that need to be dealt with when, when you're doing that, when someone else is doing it, what would give them some advice with that? 
Well, there are a couple of things that I'd like to touch on. One is when you take over the role of caregiving for a family member, it is time-consuming. And I have had a number of clients who have literally almost gone bankrupt because they've had to step away from, you know, earning money in their own professions. Um, it, it, it's a challenge to balance your own personal life with that of caregiving. So um, one of the things that I, I mean, I, I've been going through it myself, trying to find that balance of, you know, doing my own work and caring for my 97-year-old father right now. And it's, it isn't always easy because, you know, my concern for him is always going on in the back of my mind, even when I'm not with him. But I've hired a good caregiver that takes care of him when I'm away. And so I'll be with him for three weeks straight, and then she'll come in for 10 days to two weeks, and I'll go and I'll work. And then I'll come back and do another three weeks, and then she'll be there for 10 days to two weeks. So that juggling and being in more than one place is is very um, it, it's very challenging at times, and it also is still something that can be done. And it and so for me personally, you know, I've made that commitment because I want my father to be able to be cared for in his most vulnerable years, just as he cared for me when I was a vulnerable child. It's very nice. I know I we dealt with that with my dad, so it can be very taxing on family members. And we could spend a whole show talking about that, but I want to encourage people to go and look at your book because you've got some great tips in there for that, um, for helping people that are making that um, transition or, or trying to balance that out. And I want to ask you some different questions. So we'll, we'll, I'm going to have you at this point right now tell people where they can go and find your book if they want to know more about these principles you've been teaching to help them deal with caretaking. Well, I have a I website. Okay. Uh, it is transitionalwisdom.com. And so you can go to my website and learn about my services and um, – see when my workshops are being held, that type thing. And if they want to purchase my books, they can just go on Amazon and get them in just a matter of days. And the name of that book again? Transitional Wisdom, A Guide to Healthy Aging and Completing Life with Dignity. And the second book is the Transitional Wisdom Action Journal. In that, I have all of the exercises that I use in my workshops that help people systematically go through and do the things in their lives that bring about completion. Um, They also will help some of the exercises talk about what do you still want to do in your life while you're young enough and healthy enough to do it so that you can get very clear and prioritize what's most important for you to do. The interesting thing is they've done studies and on somebody's deathbed, It is not the things that people have done, even things that they aren't happy with or they're not proud of, that they've regretted. It's the things that they have not done that they've most regretted. I've I've heard that many times. I like to do prevention with that and do it, you know, help them sort through that so they can do things 
wild. And I want to I want to so talk evil. more about that. We're not ending our conversation. I just wanted to shift it to a to a little bit of different topic because you cover so many great topics here. But I want to talk more about going back to the. That kind of the midlife crisis thing of coming into um, what do I want to do with my life now? So you had you we had a question here that you posed. It was really nice. Is what do I want to be when I grow up? Let's talk about that a little bit. I run into so many people who are doing a job and they're making money, and um, and yet it's not the job that they really want to be doing. It's not what makes their heart sing, and. And they don't feel like that's their purpose for being here. And so what I do with people is I pose, you know, questions. And as they answer the questions, I can ask deeper questions to help them get really clear about what kind of work or what kind of activity would make them really feel happy in their lives, like they're really doing something that they were born to do. And how have you used that in your own life? Pardon? How have you used that in your own life? How have you used it to go in and look and see what it is you would like to do and what you want to do when you kind of grow up? What was, what what is your transition form for yourself? Well, I'll tell you a little story. I was teaching my workshop one weekend because I usually do it over a weekend, and one of the questions, you know, one of the exercises I have is. If you have a year to live, you know, what would you do? What do you want to do to make sure that, you know, on your deathbed, you don't regret having not done that? So I'm driving home, and suddenly that question pops up for me, and I'm thinking, what is it that I have been saying for a long time that I want to do, and I keep putting it off? So the, the, the answer for me was I wanted to go to Italy. And the reason I did is I had done a lot of training with an Italian consultant, and she's just this just dear friend. And she had always said, oh, please come to my home in Rome, and, you know, I will show you around. So I thought about it, and I thought, well, if not now, when? I mean, we do not know how long we have. So <laughs> I made plans. I looked into the least expensive way that was going to give me the kind of travel I really wanted. And what I discovered was if you go and do language school and live with a host family, it's the least expensive way to travel. Plus, then you're learning enough of the language to get around and feel comfortable. So I took off for a couple of months to Italy and went to language school. I got to spend time with my friends. Uh, I learned enough Italian that... um, when asking directions from a priest, after he explained them to me, he asked what country I was from because Americans do not usually speak a foreign language. And so I just felt I had really arrived. But I learned so much about myself during that trip. So a couple of years later, I went back for like three months. And I, I just found that that was the kind of travel I liked to do, that I learned so much about my abilities. I traveled alone in a foreign country, and I loved it. So I would say that that formed sort of my perspectives in thinking about things differently. 
That I like that. If not now, when? That's a really important thing to ask yourself. So, if, if not now, when? You know, when? When are you going to do this? Um, I know my father left this world, and one of the things he taught me was to go out and do things because he was always going to, and he never did. And I thought, I'm not going to leave this world thinking I'm always going to do this or I want to do this. I'm going to do it. And and he, he, his not doing it actually helped me do it, to go out and do the things I want to do. That's was it was a gift. Um, so that sounds like the self-care tip because I was going to ask to give some self-care tips because I know when you're, when you're doing this, you're being a caregiver, it can be very exhausting and it's very important for people to know that they have to have some sort of self-care tips. What would you give them? Well, I am a firm believer that exercise is one thing that uh, releases endorphins. Um, it gives people an opportunity to physically let go of some of the stress. So I encourage my clients to get out and do some form of exercise that matches their personality. So for an example, I used to be a runner when I was younger, but you know, now at the age of 67, I don't run anymore. But I do walk and I walk long distances. There have been so many times when I'm feeling stressed and I'm exhausted, so I go out and I go for a really nice walk. And it just releases something for me. When when my clients, you know, say, yeah, but I've never done anything like that before. I don't like exercise. My recommendation is that you start with five minutes. So an example of that, I wanted to swim for exercise. And so I went down to the local gym. They had a beautiful pool there. And I started with five minutes. And every day I added one minute. So by the end of a month, I was swimming 30 minutes. That's a considerable feat. By the end of two months, I was swimming an hour, and I could do a mile in that hour. So I didn't notice one minute a day. If I had gone out there and tried to swim 30 minutes, I never could have done it. So I just encourage people, take it really slow, add one minute a day to whatever you want to do. That's great. That's not overwhelming. That's that's a great way to think about that because as you're saying, one minute a day in 30 days is 30 minutes. Yep. That's that's the, great. The other thing, the other thing I encourage people to do is uh, eat consciously. So many people eat because they're stressed or they eat because they're bored, and so when you put nutritious food in your body, you feel better. And that supports you in taking care of yourself in better ways. Yes, the food you go it puts in you put into your body will actually change your emotions. So that's a that's a great thing to look into too. So healthy eating, some exercise. Um, how about laughter? And Do you use laughter in your treatments of yourself well, and others? I, I use a lot of humor with my dad. And I, and I used a lot of humor with my mother and my brother-in-law because I was a family caregiver with them, too. It is essential. I think that humor lightens the load, and it releases endorphins for both people. So, you know, there are just little things that, you know, I, I say with my dad on a regular basis, and it gets a chuckle out of them. And so I think it's, that 
humor is a very important thing. And I encourage people to have a social life. Get respite care so that people can come in. And ideally, when I'm working with a family, I am helping a family create a family care team so that not just one person is responsible for that elderly or ill person. Um, when that happens, then it lightens the load and everybody gets an opportunity to have that valuable time with that aging or ill family member. And they also get time to themselves. Sounds like preventive care as well. Absolutely. Yeah, important to prevent things. Would you give some pointers on preventing care for other people? I mean, this is preventing care for uh, a caregiver, but this is also preventing care also for somebody that so that they don't end up being ill and sick. I mean, if we can avoid it. Um, I mean, we're not going to avoid the end of our life, but we can avoid bringing undue stress into it as well. Do you want to talk about that for a moment? Well, I was raised um, by my dad who who always exercised. I, I remember even as right after I was adopted, he would go out and he would swim from one pier to the next in the Pacific Ocean. And he continued his exercise as long as I've known him until he developed spinal stenosis, uh, you know, about maybe eight years ago. But on his 88th birthday, he walked to the top of the world in Laguna Beach with me, which is quite a feat because it's a mile straight up. And he said, I just want to know I can still do it. And Mm -hmm. I was over in Norway when he was 85. So I called him to wish him a happy birthday. And he said, I just got back from a 10-mile walk. I just wanted to know I could still do it. (laughs) And it's why he's still alive right now. And... If he did not have spinal stenosis, he would be out there walking still. So well, I encourage people to take care of themselves. And there's, there's some joke that I heard once and I thought it was really appropriate. Somebody said, you know, if I had known I was going to live this long, I would have taken better care of myself. <laughs> That's something to think about. It's, it's extremely true. To take um, more preventive care and and, uh, so we can actually live, I don't mind living longer as long as I'm living a healthy life, that's what everyone says. So if you take these things, let's repeat them again, tell me, um, tell my listeners what we were talking about, food, exercise, just give us a list, things that will help. Just eat consciously, things that your body, you know, are going to help your body feel healthy, uh, exercise with whatever exercise meets your personality. So an example of that, people who are more introverted people, like I, that would be me, uh, I can go out and walk alone, and I'm very happy with that. I, I do have some walking buddies, too, but I do very well out doing an exercise that I do on my own. And, um, but there are some people who are very social, and they do better with an exercise class. So you really want to address whatever your personality is and incorporate that kind of exercise so that you stay healthy. Um, the other thing is socialization. It's very important to spend time with friends, to do things that you really enjoy doing, 
to learn new things. You know, go take a cooking class or learn a foreign language or, you know, whatever it is that you feel, you know, makes you feel good to have fun doing. Those things will help you stay healthy. They will help you to be able to stay focused and give you a better quality of life. Thank you for those pointers, those tips. And and I, I believe as well that that is really important to create the life that, that you want. And before um, we end today, let's talk a little bit about your form of visualization. You mentioned that a bit, and I know we're talking about that today. So what kind of visualizations do you do? Well, I am um, I'm a, a certified trainer in neurolinguistic programming. And it's a pretty a complex uh, set of skills. And, you know, I have thousands of hours of training in it. But part of it is uh, visualization. And an example of how I have used visualization, uh, my mom and I did a lot of processing for the last two years of her life. And one day she said, oh, I had this dream last night. I went up this elevator and the doors opened and there was my father. Well, my mother's father died when she was six years old and she had never uh, done all the grieving. She was sort of stuck in that grieving place. So she hadn't resolved his death. So I asked her, I said, well, mom, did you talk to him? And she just got this surprised look on her face and she said, well, I didn't know I could. And I said, well, you can. Would you like to have a conversation with him? And she said, yes, I would love to. So I just sat there with her and I said, okay, just close your eyes and pretend as if we are in that elevator that you had in your dream. And so she pretended as if we were in that elevator and I pretended as if I was there with her. And so I said, okay, so we're going up the elevator. So she's creating that vision in her mind on my guidance. And we get up to the top, and the doors open, and there's her father. So I just guided her, and I just said, okay, Mom, you never got to have a last conversation with him. And there are are a lot of things I'm sure that you would have liked to have told him. So you go ahead, and you have that conversation with him right now. And you just talk to him as long as you want to. So she did. And after she was all done, she said, okay, I'm all done. And so I said, okay, the elevator doors are going to close now. Now we're going down, and then the elevator doors are opening. So, Mom, now we're back again. And my mother had an incredible experience. She finally resolved that grief that she felt for her father because she had gotten to say goodbye to him finally. And using visualization to help people to go to those places of resolution really makes a difference. That also, the the topic of of, um, having unresolved uh, issues, just you have like a couple of minutes here, two minutes. I know we could talk the whole show on that as well. But how important is it in in the work that you're doing with you see the people that are leaving this world or people that are healing from injury who actually not everyone leaves illness? How important is it to resolve these un, these unresolved issues? Because it also the healing of the body doesn't even mean you're going to be hitting death. But what what you're moving forward? How important is it to have the 
the unresolved issues? Well, I've done training with a, a physician, Dr. Ira Bayak. He wrote the book Dying Well, as well as other books, and he used to be the president of the National Hospice Association. He did a long study on aging and dying in America, and one of the things that he found in his research was that when people resolve the old issues that we all have, everybody has issues, but when they resolve them, when they finally are ready to die, they die with less pain and they die much more comfortably. It's not dragged out. They don't have as much fear. So to know that and be able to study that and, and measure that in a, in a research way is fundamentally a, a conclusive piece that I think everybody needs to hear. When you resolve things, your last years, your last month, your last weeks and days are going to be a lot easier for you. And when you resolve things in your living life, too, it, it, it just makes it, frees you up to be able to create all sorts of possibilities that you didn't know you had before. You know, um, it's been very nice having you here, Morningstar. I appreciate you taking the time to come and talk with us today. Tell my listeners one more time where they can find out about your workshops and your book. Uh, they can get my books on Amazon, and they can go to my website, transitionalwisdom.com, to learn more about my work. Wonderful. And um, we're going to take a few minutes and do a little bit of visualization medita- meditation here. We have two minutes left. And thank you again for being on the show, and I uh, hope to talk to you again soon. Well, thank you so much for having me. All right, we have just two minutes left, so we're going to do a short meditation, a visualization. I'm going to ask you, we already put our feet on the ground and grounded yourself, so I want you to do that again. Focusing on your breath, put your hand on your belly, allowing the belly to expand on the intake and deflate on the exhalation. Going into that heart place, I want you to visualize what you would do if there were no limitations. What you would do with your life if there are no limitations. This meditation today is just going to be going in and finding that out. What is it you would love to do? And then writing down the one thing that may be keeping you stuck from doing that. What is that one thing that you can come and share with me at christyellen.com you can go in and write what is that one thing that's keeping you stuck so we can move that out visualizing the life that you always dreamed of believing in your possibilities creating beautiful art with life shattered pieces we can do this together in 2017 with Christy Allen the Mosaic Shaman at christyellen.com I know our meditation was shorter today so if you go in and tap on the banner or go in here you can sign up for the free healing art meditation on my website may you always walk in the light of understanding that all things are possible believe in your possibilities i believe in them i believe in you and may you always believe in yourself as well in 2017 i plan to have the greatest year ever in my life and i hope you will join me on that go to christyallen.com and let's walk the journey together sign up for one of my soul healing packages until next time This is the Mosaic Shaman, same in Namaste. 
thank you for listening to Welcome to the Mosaic Garden. Christy Ellen hopes that you will join her on another journey next Tuesday afternoon at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.